0: You underestimate how good a bunch of players that they are. They really are a good bunch of players, and that ta- they finishing the table does not signal the skill of a lot of them. They got a lot of bowlers in there. there is
1: West Ham left it late, but showed what it takes to win in a major European final. Man City joined them too for a comfortable win over Internationale. We are back for another episode of One Kick from Glory. It's just myself and Matthew here today, and we're going to talk in all things Europe, a little bit about the upcoming Premier League season, and some of our thoughts on some of the performances in those games. Matt, how are you doing today?
0: I'm good, man. I'm all right. Season's ended. I can breathe now. I can relax. No more palpitations, twitches, nervous. Of a weekend coming up and knowing full well that Chelsea going to do something to uh, upset me so we can naturally rest relax. You know, they're on the beach. They don't deserve it because they've been on the beach since, well, November, um, which is a very long time. So hopefully you'll come back, seeing the see the fixtures and, you know, give a bit of a confidence boost. Of course.
1: We are going to touch on Chelsea in a bit and talk about some news relating to them. But we're going to start off talking about the Europa Conference League champions, West Ham United. First time winning a trophy in over 50 years. Incredible achievement. Really happy for them. Really happy for what we saw. I know we said it at the previous podcast. We we're really hopeful that they could pull it off and get that win. And they have done. But for me, I just really like the grit and the fight shown by the West Ham players. And especially in a game like that, of that magnitude, to, to come out, perform get the win and bring some trophy back. It was really nice to see. I mean, for you, Matt, when you look back on that game, what were your general thoughts about West Ham and how happy are you for them to get that victory over the line?
0: They fought. They fought. They were under it for the first half. I was listening on the radio because um, then they catch the first half and they were it just sounded like they were kind of under it. And it was always the kind of thing where... The previous year, when they were in the Europa Semis, they got just caught short a little bit by slightly better teams, and I think they've learned their lesson this time, where they found themselves in a competition. Whereas it's more like we'll go again this time, where we'll learn from we have take we'll we'll learn our experience from Europa, we'll take it into the Conference, we'll just absolutely like shine through. Because if I'm not mistaken, I don't think they lost a single. I don't no, think no, they did it. I don't think experience. they lost a single game going into this, which shows you just how much more prepared they were for this to take in that experience. But they rode it, they rode it and then second half they get that penalty. Whether it's a penalty is one of those 50-50 ones, but as the, the rules, say. But it's the character they've shown from going a goal down. And it was a fantastic goal by um Jared Bowen. Absolutely fantastic goal. I was worried it was offside for a second. I, you know, I hate that thing where they take away that moment where if it's offside, he looks silly and it takes away and it's just like, oh no, what are they going to do from here? But now they, they fought back, they defended well. They got, they got I think you underestimate how good a bunch of players that they are. They really are a good bunch of players. And that, ta- that finishing the table does not signal the skill of a lot of them. You've got a lot of ballers in there. You've got Emerson. You've got, um, was it Areola in goal? He has been be at PSG. You've got Bowen. You've got Cresswell. Obviously, you've got the likes of Declan Rice. You've got Miguel. Um, Miguel Antonio, no, they got and a few others. They got some players. They have got their players and thoroughly deserved. And you know what? I'm so pleased for them. I was happier at that final than it was for a Champions League final. Let's that their final was just better. It, it it just was, guys. It just was. Because they had to come back from some kind of like adversity. And you felt it when they scored that goal. And you you could felt the emotion in the, the 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 commentators when they put it away. Like West Ham. Like one of the kind of clubs, family club doing doing it in the big time. Like, you know, such a happy feeling. And the fans afterwards, their reactions, you'd have thought they won the Champions League. You'd have thought they won the Champions League. Getting like, you know, just prop, you know, just never thought they'd see this for their club. So really happy for them. Great fight back. Great goal from um, Bowen. And then that calls take the penalty. Was it Ben Ben yeah. Ben Rama. That calls to take a penalty, just absolutely. No, no hesitation. Didn't test test his his heart rate. Didn't miss a beat. Like, it was fantastic, mate. Absolutely fantastic. Good stuff. Well done, West Ham.
1: Yeah, I think it was definitely a highlight of seeing them pull it off. I mean, obviously, like, you think about David Moyes and his time at the club. Obviously, this season has not really panned out well for them from a domestic point of view. They they managed to survive comfortably in the end. But in a situation for West Ham with the expectations they had starting the season, you know, having had the you know Europa League run, get into the semi-final, uh, and they would have hoped to kick on this year and kind of done really well. Obviously, they won in Europe, which was great, but I think they would have hoped to have placed a lot higher in the league. I'm glad that David Moyes got that final redemption at the end. I think for you, just looking at how you know things panned out throughout this season, how much credit do you have to give to the West Ham ownership, and not just them, but also to David Moyes in being able to see this job through and get
0: the silverware at the end of the day? It just shows that, you know, you don't have to necessarily have the higher and fire model to get what you want. They stuck with him, they had faith with him because they know what they, they know what he's capable of. I think he took, he's qualified for review it for them twice, I wanna say, and not exactly breaking the bank on all these other players, you know. They've had some great stars in the past, I think they had Halla, but he obviously went. They've had the likes of Lancini, Suchek. I mean, Antonio's got obviously like come through. They got like some Fabianski and Ariola. So they're picking, what they're picking on is like good players that are establishing a certain standard in Europe without necessarily breaking them the bank. But they're always, their bread, bread and butter is always has been the Premier League. And unless I'm mistaken, Moyes has never been relegated. Has he been relegated before? Yeah. I don't think he's been relegated. I know we always think of that time he had at Manchester United, but before that, he was doing bits at Everton. I think he even got them once qualification at the Champions League. He got them finishing in fourth. He got them an FA Cup final. Um, he kept them as a relatively stable kind of thing. All right, they might have flirted with relegation a couple of times, but they never, ever dropped. So it shows that how he's re- he's still a very like, experienced and established Premier League manager, and find that West Ham is like a, we love a redemption in football, we love redemption in life, and that his redemption arc is pretty much completed. After after that terrible time, he got hounded by social media at his time in May United, which, let's be real, he was not ready for, too big a challenge. Big fish in a massive pond that is Manchester United was t- too much for him. And he went, he hopped around a few other places, he found his kind of spot, and like, West Ham, there are parallels between West Ham and Everton in terms of like the level that they're at and the the appeal of the club. There, there's parallels there. So I think that's his kind of happy medium. But that medium is something that he can do very, very good at. And the board, and they got heavily criticised. But this, they got right and they got rewarded. All right, the league didn't work out, but they survived. But they got that, all, that all-important all international European trophy which is what they're wanting for it was the very reason they moved to the stadium in the first place that's the reason they went through tooth and nail the, I remember a lot of fans were really upset when they lost to Bolin but now a few years later you know foreshadowing is great hindsight's a wonderful thing they're now at the point where they're able to you know back the game where it's like this is why we wanted to come here and next season could be back in the Europa League and after that who knows
1: Yeah, I think that's the key thing. At the end of the day in football, you you do want to be on the end of those moments of glory, you know, lifting up silverware, seeing your team progress. And I think for them, they've definitely had a great season, We're really happy with the progress and they've got something they can build on now. And like you said, they, you know, they've got another season in European football with the Europa League this time. So they might look at it and think, okay, let's have a bigger fist of things and let's have a better go and see what, what, how things end up. Obviously, there's been a lot of talk about, about transfer talk, and i, I was refer to him now since we were talking about his club, and the current captain, Declan Rice, has been subject to a bid from Arsenal. There's been a lot of talk I think since January, December, January, about Arsenal being the club that are most likely to be Declan Rice's next uh, destination. Obviously, the, the two clubs need to agree a fee and, and work out you know, the structure of that deal, and that's probably part of the negotiations ongoing. But how do you think, when you look at the prospect of Declan Rice moving from West Ham, just won the Europa, Europa Conference League uh, as captain, moving to Arsenal.
0: How do you think that's going to help his career and ultimately help Arsenal progress? It, it, it's good for him to grow. I mean, as good as he has been for West Ham, and then as, as good as he would be if he were to stay with West Ham, it's always going to come back to the thing of, of a what if, where you know West Ham. They're a fantastic club. They're a great club. You know, very historic. They'll they claim they won the World Cup in 1966. I'm not there to argue that. Um, but, as established before, they have a ceiling. They do, at this current moment in time, they have a ceiling. Their appeal will only go to so far, whereas considering a team like Arsenal, where you, know, you were fingertips away from the Premier League last se- the season, just gone, that speaks, all right, didn't take any silverware, but in hindsight, what you were able to achieve, you're only five points behind the team that won the treble. That's true. So... The gap is only so, so thin. And over the last three years, like you said before, you finished, I think you you one time you finished eighth, but you won the FA Cup. You finished fifth just outside of the top four. You were five points away from treble winners. So that shows steady progress year after year after year. So it shows a good sign for where you want to be next year. And I think him going there, coming to your club at the time of your ascendancy, will only benefit both clubs. And but better still, it's going to improve everyone around you. You know, that hole that we eventually left by, Shaka once he goes like buying or something, it's about time to come and have someone younger, someone new, someone fresh. And above all, someone who is a leader, someone who was bestowed with the responsibility of captaining their club, taking on from Mark Noble, West Ham through and through. That's a big responsibility to take on from someone who's been there through thick and thin, relegations, promotions, all that kind of stuff, to pass it on to Declan Rice when he's in his very early 20s to where he is now and established as a man, a captain, lifting a European trophy. He can now take that kind of experience to Arsenal, what were the likes of Gabriel Juice, that's what they did. With the likes of Zinchenko, that's what they did. That winning mentality to carry over to your project now, which has ex- grown over the over the season. So it's gonna be good for him and the all to grow as a player. West Ham get a lovely, lovely payoff to spread around the old club and then help them improve, not only just rely on one player. And also I think your teammates and in, in, in Arsenal, especially your English players. Look at all their other colleagues, their team members winning all these other trophies. Greatly, this has got a Champions League. Declan Rice has got a, a a Conference League within the same season. You know, I want a piece of that pie, so I'm going to work for it. So it's going to be good for both parties.
1: Yeah, I mean, I hope it hope it all works out. Obviously, Man City also look, looking at him and potentially might make a bid. I think the the general consensus from a lot of people who people in the know uh, is that he's likely to come to Arsenal. That's the place he wants to be. Be at, he also keeps him in London, which I think is important for family. Yeah. And it's a good platform for him to build on. Like you said, the season Arsenal just had and the trajectory Arsenal have been on for the last couple of years, it's the right place to go to. I mean, Man City is a great place, of course. You know, they're, they're always winning stuff. So it's not, there's no real negative to going there from that side of things, like if you're a player. But then if you look at for him, and obviously if you're his people, looking at it objectively, look at what's happened with Calvin Phillips. Barely plays, barely played at all. Um, Jack Grealish has played a lot this season But last season Didn't really no, play no. as much As he would have liked Phil Foden is still sporadically used Even though he's one of their key one of their, A very good player for them So it's just a very interesting place Look at Amarik Laporte When he first yeah. came in He was a certified starter for them And Essential. now You know He's likely to leave this summer There's rumours that um, You know We know Gundogan's out of contracts He'll be gone There's also David Silva Not David Silva
0: Mindy um, S? Not
1: S No uh, Bernardo Silva, oh, yeah. got the silver part right. Bernardo Silva is <laughs> likely to be gone as well this summer. So also change in turnover in Man City. So potentially it could be option opportunities for him to play in that midfield. But you have to also be realistic and say, am I really going to go into an environment? I'm not going to start at all. It's not saying you're going to guarantee start at Arsenal, but you have a much greater opportunity of being in that first eleven and actually being able to be, be a bigger part of history of the club than just being a bit part player in an already successful, successful established system. So yeah, but I mean, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Obviously, there's lots of other transfer rumours kind of floating around and we'll get to them in a second. But before that, just one one little quick thing on the Champions League final. Man City obviously won. We did mention it last time. There's not really much more to say about that. I do want to talk about Romelu and Kaku though. Um, this has not been the first game, first final match where he has turned up and been an extra defender for the for the opposite for the opposition <laughs> and um unfortunately not quite found his his shooting boots. Do you think because realistically he is coming back to Chelsea for the new season. We don't know whether he'll be there to stay or if it's just in and out again. But do you think that the, that element of him in finals is a major concern not just for Chelsea but for whatever club he goes to in that he might
0: and a thing he needs to develop out of in his general career. From Chelsea's history is all we know. We thrive on players that can rise up in those key moments, you know. Right. Kai Havertz with the ultimately poor season he had this year, delivered when we needed him in that final in Champions League back in 2021. He also delivered when he also delivered in our other um because the Club World Cup and the Super Cup, he delivered, kinda of delivered there as well. So when we need these certain players, they can deliver. And of course, when can go back to the obvious one, which is Didier Drogba pretty much scored in every other final that he played, I think he won like ninety percent of them. So we thrive as a club that where we have that player that can just come up and deliver something extra special. He had his chance and he headed it right at the keeper, and then someone else headed it right into him. Mm. So other clubs look at that. His 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 time is. Pretty much going, if not gone, to play for that kind of caliber of club in the level of that, that in the temper that is the Champions League final. I believe the last time he played in the European final for Inter Milan, I think he lost that one as well against Sevilla. So maybe finals aren't just aren't just just aren't his thing, which is okay because for a lot of other strikers it wasn't. But they, at least they batter up with other goals, whereas he's only had the only really had a bit of a renaissance towards the end of the season, just come up right now. So like, it's. This is his last chance. This is effectively his last chance. Age is against him. Fitness is against him. His lack of creativity is truly against him. You know, there's been rumours about him going to Saudi Arabia, which might be for the best because his best years are kind of like behind him. You know, it wasn't a great display. It was a great chance because Erling Haaland had a really quiet game. It was a great chance to make it a little bit more interesting and, you know, spice up the game. And I'm sorry to say he blew it. So I'm... You can tell I'm not very excited about him coming back. <laughs>
1: yeah, I think it's going to be a really difficult one because he's got a long contract. Still a couple mm, more years left. Yeah. He paid big money for him. He's on really good wages. 90 odd million. So wh- however you look at it, you're going to incur a loss. We understand right now for Chelsea, you need to make some substantial sales this this month. You, you know, the clock is ticking. The weeks are going. Otherwise, you're going to be in some issue with financial fair play. And on that note, obviously, there's been rumours are coming out, not rumours, or reports coming out that Kai Havertz is the subject of talks of Arsenal to, to pick him up. Now, I know right now a lot of Arsenal fans have seen the fee, alleged fee of around £75 million is what Chelsea are looking for. Listen, you ain't getting £75 million for Kai Havertz. If he comes to Arsenal, I, I, I could stomach 45 just... I'd want to pay 35 for him though, or 30, because the cut price sell. <laughs> but I like guess stomach's forty-five. But what w- what do you think about that news that's come out? Because obviously it sort of came out of nowhere. Very uh, of no, no. Um, I think today,
0: it was it yesterday. The last couple of days has yeah. come out, and I'm still like sh- not so sure if I wanna if not not to say that I don't want to believe it, but if I believe it, you know, I'm just thinking. Do you really want him? Do you really?
1: Do I want him... With Kai Havers, I think it's it's a tricky one because I'm not his biggest fan. I'll I'll be honest. I'm not his biggest fan. I I do feel like there is a player in there, but at the same time, I've not been convinced of him in his time at Chelsea. I I think he's a bigger flop than Nicola Pepe. and, And Pepe is obviously not getting another chance at Arsenal. He's practically done unless we get surprised. Another surprise this summer. But... With Havertz, I think you look at the the profile of player. You look at what he is. He can occupy a few different positions. He could play as an, as an attacking midfielder. So in one of our two eight systems in the four three three, he can also play as a striker uh, off the middle. So that that could be an option that we could try because he is six foot four. So that so that does give you something. He's got good movement, and I know a lot of people have likened him to like a a bit of like a, a young Robin van Persie. So there could be a potential to kind of drag that out of him. Um, But it's hard to say. I I think from an attacking perspective, if you put him in, if you had an Arsenal midfield three and you had him one side, you had Erdegaard the other side and you had, say, Thomas Partey, if that's the first team. Uh, And then, of course, up front, you had your Jesus, you had um, Martinelli Saka. I think as an attacking unit, five of those six names, that looks really interesting. The positions that Havertz can get the ball in and what he can do with the ball in those positions, especially like his, his final third delivery, because he's a good passer of the ball.
0: He's a very good passer. Of the
1: Doesn't ball. always get the people on the end of chances the way he would like. And also the role he plays now at Chelsea, he's the one on the end of those chances. So we're not seeing the best of him. But there's something that's serviceable there. I mean, but ultimately, I think it's going to be a tough sell. If Chelsea are entertaining it, that must mean that they're not getting much offers for anyone else. But for you, would, would you be happy seeing him in Arsenal? And do you think he would be a success?
0: rather see him abroad. I'm always gonna be a case of a player that we paid that much money for, you know, and he, and he bangs another Premier League club. is always gonna be a bitter pill to swallow. We already had it with Salah. We already had it with De Bruyne. The last thing we wanted is with a player we paid that much money for, because he was a, a transfer record fee pretty much at the time. Because I think if we were if we were to take 75 million for him, we'd pretty much recur, you know, recuperate all our losses. Um, so the, the very thought of him playing, like, you know, it's bad enough he got Jorginho. The potential of Mount going to main United and then him going to thing. I'm. I'll be starting to wonder that. Not only is Bowley playing football manager when it comes to buying, he's also playing it when it comes to selling. So I'm kind of confused on what. I'm kind of just like, how is he going to treat this? You know, as you know, in the past, it's always it was always you know, they'd only let players go to a rival club for a reason. You know, we would you know, it the very thought it'd be like it'll be like when we entertained Steven Gerrard for a while. It was never going to happen, but we entertained it same thing with are happened with Aguero, we entertained Those. it we entertained it we tested the waters but you know wasn't gonna wasn't gonna happen you know or we tested I swear one time we tried to test for Rooney it wasn't happen it's just seeing how far we can take it but that's my general fear is that he will go somewhere else and he will absolutely flourish because like you said there's a player in there I know there's a player in there but it just hasn't I think he's had a lot of responsibility on his shoulders I think he's just not had the confidence to believe you know, believing himself to put them certain ones away. The new ones, signings are coming in and kind of like shaking his confidence a lot and it's just kind of them finding that striker that he can really and truly work off of. because in the time he's been there, he has, he's had the likes of Borussia, he's had the likes of Abraham, the likes of Lukaku, the likes of uh, um, Aubameyang. He, he, he can't pick, it's very hard to find a form when you've got four different strikers coming off at any given moment that we don't have a definitive, you know, even Werner, Vernon as well. So like he's had no time to kind of like acclimatise himself to a striker of who he can feed off of, become a, of a beautiful double axe. You know, these things take time. But we need just if he is to say we need to find that striker, who's going to match him. Yeah, that's 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 going to be
1: the issue. You know, like what, what would you do? And obviously for us, I think if he was to come in, I think that it, like there's possibilities of how it could work quite well. Um, but I guess on that note, like if if he does go who would you look at to bring in as, as a potential player to replace him? Potentially, let, let's say uh, you guys, Arsenal and Chelsea, end up agreeing around, like, say, a 45 rising to £55 million pound deal, depending on clauses. Like, what would you look to do in terms of, like, players to bring in?
0: I haven't really thought that far ahead because I'm just anxious of that F- FFP coming through because of all the money we have spent in January in particular. So you kind of want to make use of what you all kind of already have because you already have someone else like a this position anyway. But I haven't really given it too much thought because that's just linking over my head. I will say this that in Cuckoo's meant to be coming in from RB Leipzig, he could you know that's someone that's the other real other person that's meant to be linked to be coming through to kind of take that take that spot. Like someone can lead the front line because we can just so much more confident. It would be nice if we could be have them both there so he can feed off you know, feed off they're both from the Bundesliga after all. So the understanding of the systems is right there. So if he would stay for, you know, a few games and learn off in Cuckoo, I'd be well more than welcome to that. But it's kind of seeing what our transfer kitty is going to be if we're going to have one at all.
1: What if um like obviously you, thinking about your squad in terms of strikers, Bamiang's there, but it's likely that he'll be gone, moved on. He'll go. Um we know that you've got the youngster David Fafano. Like do you feel like he needs to be getting given a fair run of games. Obviously, Brozier, you back from injury as well. He so that's two really young well, strikers yeah. that you're likely to get options out of and minutes out of. So do you think between those two, you might have enough to or at least, do you think it's an option worth exploring if and when
0: Has Havertz leaves? What annoyed me about Fafana is that whenever he kind of came on or started, he always did something good. He was always trying. He was always he was always creating. He was always making himself look useful to something that was going to was going on to help us get a result for whatever reason. Um, well, I can know why we didn't play them. Potter didn't play him, wasn't his player, and Frank didn't play him because Frank, you know, just didn't want to play him. So it's such a shame that we never got. We've. I don't think we've seen the best of any of our signings because our managers refused to pay to to play them. And you know, with new manager coming in, hopefully because he signs some improvements. So I would like to see him given a fair cop for what he can do and work alongside someone more. I mean, established players. I don't think we've had any time to train because yes, they came in after World Cup and during the transfer window, but that was it. And then we were thrown in straight away. So it's like they were training every single, from the moment they came back from the World Cup, they were training in every single match. That's why we were so open. That's why we're getting beaten there for and center. We got beat by Southampton twice this year. Twice. Okay. And Southampton were way off. And we got beat by what? Well, let's be real. We got beat by everyone. We got beat by at least everyone. So, yeah, it's going to be hard We're doing training every single match. So a proper time with these players will give them a chance to actually establish a bond and see what works. So I'll be very open. I want to see Fafana get more action because I think he's top player, top, top player.
1: Yeah, I think Fafana definitely deserves more opportunities. You mentioned in Kunku. It'll be interesting to see what happens when he comes in, how um, the system that's played. Obviously, with all of this, And there's other players you're linked to. Obviously, there's lots of talk about Kaiseido as an option that you want to go to. I know a lot of Arsenal fans have had this phrase, this name, Raicedo, where they (laughs) believe that Arsenal need to bring in both Kaiseido and Declan Rice this summer. Otherwise, it's Armageddon and a meltdown. Um, Lavia is also an option, guys. So don't worry about if we don't get Kaiseido. There's also an option. And Southampton got relegated, so there could be a deal to be done there. But on that note of Kaiseido, I mean, there's obviously also big rumours that Kanting are moving on to Saudi Arabia. There we are. Another one, getting the big money. Um, but do you, is the a Caicedo a play that's on your radar? Do you think, I know you mentioned as well about balancing the books of financial fair play, but do you think that's an option that you're going to pursue this January, this summer? Or do you think that's just paper talk and you, you won't touch it because of the financial fair play implications?
0: Well, here's of, what I like to say is sometimes an exception because our midfielders will, if if what's saying for our midfield is going to be true, our midfield looking very, very light. Kante is very likely on his way out. Um, we lost obviously Jorginho to you. Um, Kovacic, he's looking to come and be out. Um, Loftus Cheek has done. He's there's nothing more he can do in the blue shirt. There really is nothing more. Just full has he of, done much? Huh? Has he even done much to say there's nothing more he can he, do? He's been. Getting, he, he looked. He looked great in the shirt, and he was there for a good time. Like, but he's done. You know what? There is. Sorry, got the best out of him. That's the yep, weird kind of thing. Sorry. Oddly, had I think a very underrated season. He got the best out of him. He got the best out of um, Hodson Dodoy when he played him, and he got, I think he had Hazard's best season in his last season. Look at the numbers and look at how he was playing. He he had Hazard absolutely firing, you know. So I, I just think that since then he hasn't really kicked on from that. He hasn't really kicked on. So he can go. Caicedo is going to be one. In the very but, but then he could start starting with the likes of um, Fernando with um, with Enzo. So because Kaiseda is someone very well very welcome to Happy. And he's had a fantastic season. He has had a great season. They lost Basuma, got in Kayseda, and no problems at all. If anything, he had a better season than East Basuma because they're in Europe.
1: Yeah, he had a very comfy better season than Basuma. Basuma was just was here for a good time. <laughs> um but yeah, like speaking of Basuma and uh, speaking of his season, obviously we know that Pochettino is now signed, sealed, delivered, confirmed. He was managing a soccer raid this past weekend, and um, he won. I think they they won, didn't they? He was in, yeah, four two. So he won. So That's a good start for him. He's you know getting into that winning habit. He needs to shake off uh, the losing habit, um, which he picked up at the club in the other side of North London, and he <laughs> took that over to Paris and had some success. But we know he failed miserably in Europe. But then everyone does, so no surprise there. But for you, now that the dust has settled, Pochettino is in. He's confirmed. What is your kind of thoughts and expectation for this season coming forward with him? Obviously, we're gonna do the predictions later on in different podcasts, but like what's your early thoughts on what he's gonna do at Chelsea?
0: I think he's going improve the tempo of our play. We're very like the last like most of our games we play was very much a case of playing of playing training every kind of single time. Um, we either didn't take the manager seriously in Potter or we had a manager in the team take the situation seriously seriously in Frank Lampard. And you saw us play. We were so indecisive. We were so unconfident. We were so easy to play against because no one exactly knew what to do. So much, And just not having that kind of bravery to take a shot. When we should have taken a shot, we're passing or we miss it completely or it's fire thing. I don't know. So his kind of high tempo intensity and working with young, quick players, which is what we have, I think is going to be, just a shot in the arm we need, and also someone who is. It's gonna be nice to have a manager who is more experienced when it comes to traveling around. You know, I know not in Europe this year, but a manager who's been around the Premier League long enough to know what is expected. You know, coming to a club. I mean, Spurs have their expectations for just not wanting to match it, but at least at Chelsea they will, and we have paid a buck ton of money. He's gonna have a whole brand new brand brand new bunch of players to him which means he's going to be able to establish his philosophy the moment he gets in which I think is something that Potter struggled with because we didn't prepare for him and then something that Frank struggled with because he wasn't there to stay for that long anyway um, I will swallow my pride with the whole Tottenham thing because I think he's more likely to win with us but he more likely, well he did it with PSG so and he added him with soccer raid so go figure he got a trophy from that um, so considering what we've had I'm not gonna get too proud and be like, "Oh, it's Tottenham." No, this is a guy who knows what he's doing, and you know, at one point, should have won the Champions League with Spurs. Should have. So, could have, not should have. No, that game was against Liverpool. If they didn't start Kane, they would have won. I'm convinced.
1: Could have won. (laughs) Not (laughs) having should have won. Could because he definitely went, he's gone to XR, that's the point isn't it? <laughs> not it having
0: that at all. Nah, but no but he's got a bunch of young players which is what he likes he's got quick players which is what he likes you know he worked he got he got great he, he got a lot out of son especially son and out of kane as well You're making him the striker that he is today um seven out of 10 confident okay and, and seven just out on 10.
1: and just on that note in terms of like you, you mentioned players he got a like lot like out of who do you think is going to benefit the most from him being in charge at the bridge right now? There's a lot of players who have underperformed this season. A lot of players who can do a lot better. And there's a couple of younger players who showed sparks of what they can do. But who do you think is going to, like which three players would you say, off the top of your head now, are the ones that are going to gain the most from Pochettino as manager at Chelsea next season?
0: I think Conor is going to do good because he's had three managers and had zero kind of, instruction. He's, he's had one the moment he's taking instruction from one, then one another the one comes in. So he hasn't had time to kind of settle. So that player that did well at Crystal Palace is still there. So I think someone like Poch who's good at man managing will be I think he will benefit. I don't I'm not necessarily he's gonna be a world beater, but he'll he was he was a big part of scoring a lot of our goals last year. So I think he's gonna help him improve on that and making them play that he can be, should Mason Mount go. So I think he's gonna drastically improve um, his confidence. I can see him working well with maybe... I can see him working well with maybe Mudrick. Okay. Maybe Mudric. If anyone needs a confidence boost, it's him. If anyone needs a reminder that he's a footballer, it's him. Um, and if anyone needs a reminder that, you know, to sh- just to shoot with your strong foot, I and mean, when you do shoot with your strong foot, shoot properly... It's going to be him. Pochettino gets goal. He will give you like a lot of goals. And I think Modric has had times where he should have let at least two, three, maybe even four goals by now. So you'll mm. give him that confidence to kind of shoot as well. So Modric, I've given it to uh, Gallagher. My third player, another one front player, because going forward was always the issue. I could see him working well with, you know, funny enough, I could see him working well with Havertz. If Havertz is still if there. If he stays... I can see him working with the likes of Habits to kind of settle him in to an ideal position. Should he get a proper, should, should should he get the striker that possibly the Pochettino wants, or what he can work with, I think he's going to work well with someone like him because there's a good. He's the player is there. The player is there. It's the potential is there. He just needs to focus and kind of find it. And with, he's not gonna have time to dilly dally with Pochettino's system. He's gonna to have to make a decision and make a decision quick. Mm. You know, Havertz too many times was slow when we know he doesn't have, he didn't need to be slow. So he's gonna very much encourage him to play smarter, better, and potentially faster. Improve the tempo of the game. So yeah, Havertz, Madric and Gallagher, I think should, should Havertz stay. I think those three will have a big improvement
1: will be interesting to see how things pan out. I think those are three good names. I think a player that I would probably say in addition to those is Nani Madukeli. I think the way how he ended last season and even the, when he played the flashes he showed, Such I think he's definitely lineup. one that I think he's going to be one to watch next year. I also want to include Raheem Sterling in that list because I yeah. think he had a lot of criticism throughout the season. It was nowhere near his best form, but he's the kind of player you look at and think, almost like Lucas Mora at, at Tottenham. Now, not comparing them levels-wise because Sterling is way better than Lucas Mora. But in terms of like, that's a player there who you can get so much more out of. Yeah. A player that's got specific qualities that are very deadly when harnessed in the right way. Sterling's a very quick player he's got good finishing he's got good movement as well he can get into those very dangerous areas where he's lacked a bit has been consistency at times but when Sterling goes on the runoff games and gets goals it's a problem for everyone so yeah I think he's one that will definitely benefit from it him and um, Maddie Kelly will be the two that I would say that will benefit I think at the back uh, I I'd probably i say if Chilwell can get fit and stay fit he needs to go. I think he will definitely benefit as well from having Pochettino there. I think those are my three that I'd say uh, as a players that will benefit from it. But in general with it, obviously your squad, we know you need to let some players go. We know that Havertz is the subject of some talks. Like we mentioned before, Kante is likely to be gone, potentially gone. Um, there's also Kovacic likely to be gone as well. Lukaku, you, we we want gone. Bamiyang, you expect to be gone. But outside of those obvious names, are there any players that you would say they need to go? to help clear space out and allow Poch to have like a clean slate with a clean set of players that are committed properly?
0: My first one is more reluctant one, but I think he deserves a proper goodbye because he's been an amazing servant to the club and fully deserves a really good send-off, a much better one than we gave to the likes of, say, Frank Lampard in the past as a player anyway, and that's going to be Cesar Yeah, He tries, he tries, and he tries, and he loves the club. Absolutely mm-hmm. loves the club. Came in as an unknown entity in from Marseille back in twenty in twenty twelve, same time as Hazard, funny enough, same time as Hazard has pretty one much won, pretty much won the vast majority of trophies he can win with Chelsea, you know, Premier Leagues, League Cup, FA Cup, Champions League, Europa, two Europa Leagues, um, Club World Cup and all that kind of stuff. But just another good servant to the club and a great leader. Great leader in the last few years. But we've noticed from like I noticed properly the game we played you last year we lost four two. The game was leaving him behind. Absolutely leaving him behind. He leaves it all out, but give him a proper send-off. Proper send-off because he's been fantastic. You know, he's he's but he's got to move on for the for the grace of the club to go forward. One, I will be happy to see the back off because he's done nothing. He's Captain America Pulisic, he can go. It hasn't worked. Has not worked. Um that injury that he had in 2020 has knocked him absolutely out of the wind. He was electric when he first came, but it just Neeson just never found that same level player before. So he can go. Um so that's two. Who else? You know, Lots of have already said he can go because he hasn't found the form. He just hasn't found the level. Um those are just three I can think of, of just at the moment. But they yeah. probably might be all oh, I know, but we have to get would I rather lose Kepper or, Edw- or Mendy? Who I was I- just
1: about to say, would you do anything with the goalkeepers? But Who yeah. would
0: I rather have? Kepa has had some redemption. He's had a... OK-ish season. I'm we'll going give him a 4.5 out of 10. But when Mendy came back, I think it was against Forrest. Good lordy, lordy, lordy. And now this is why he doesn't play. Which was such a shame because he was the hottest property at one moment. He That's really true. was... Probably the best keeper in the world at one point. I uh, just think he got it to his head. I uh, just think he fell off a bit of a cliff. We'll make him less of a loss. I'm going to say men need to go because we'll make less of a loss on him. We spent a lot of money on Kepa, So And he has been good this season. He just needs to work on being a bit more commanding. And long shots just not being his massive weakness. And not to show a hissy fit where the manager takes you off at half time. He's got a lot to work on. He's got a lot to work on, so yeah. Mendy, Asplaceta, feels sick.
1: Wow, oh, those would be some big changes if they do come through and go happen. I guess, um, you know, last episode we did talk a lot about what's going on in terms of like players being Saudi Arabia. You I know, mean, Benzema's deal is now confirmed, moved over there. We mentioned that Kante is a likely, is a possible target. There's also the talk about. Um, Zaha's potential option going over there. Now, this is not a player that I'm expecting to go over there, but there's been lots of news about Mbappe over the weekend and him writing a letter to the PSG board saying he's not going to extend his contract. Because right now, the contract he signed two seasons ago, it has an opt-in for him to add an extra year. And he has decided not to opt-in for the extra year. If you believe the press, he's come out and said that, don't believe everything you read in the press. So it's possible that he won't be extending his contract for another year which would then give them the security of having him on two more years rather than now he's just got one year left to go. The issue with that from Paris Saint-Germain's point of view is that they are not going to stand for it and they're just going to put him on a transfer list and say, look, we're going to have to sell you. In your view, where do you think he's going to go and where do you think he should go? Anywhere. two separate things.
0: Anywhere but Saudi Arabia. You've got years ahead of you. Don't do what Oscar did don't do what a lot of these other players did where they thought they could establish themselves in another part of the world where football isn't it. And you go in there for that sweet, 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 sweet cashola. You've got years ahead of you. You've not long won the World Cup. You're going to get that Champions League. I'm convinced of it. And you've got so much more to offer, not just as a player, but as a person and as an established kind of brand. You know, look at the likes of Holland, and it's only going to get better from there for him. I, I,
1: I do wonder if the fact that Man City won... The Champions League and Holland won it first try at Man City. If that's what's also kind of prompted the decision by him and his team to say, actually, let's move on, let's not stay at PSG because it's been a mess.
0: But does it? But, but he could go there. He could walk into any club. Yeah. He so he will wh- walk. So
1: where do you where do you think where do you think he should go and where do you think he will go?
0: I want to be greedy. Okay. I like to have him in the Premier League. Okay. And i have them both in the Premier League. And I think we've discussed this before. If They lost out on Bellingham. I think he'd be good at Liverpool. I think he would be good at Liverpool. I've listened, biased me because say like, good would like him at Chelsea because he was there before and him go when he was like really, really young. But the FFP just kind of knocked it for me. But he would, can you imagine him and Havertz working together? Him and Havertz. At Chelsea? Yeah. Well, that's if Havertz stays. If he stays, works really well. I think Pochettino, and Pochettino knows him. Pochettino does know him. But I see well, for the style of football and for the love of the game and just and just what they were able to offer with that electrifying pace that they once had with where Mane, Salah and Firmino were first there, under a system like Klops, he will be electric.
1: So you'd have Mbappe, Nunez and Salah as the front three with, with um, Gakpo... Jota and Diaz as, as the alternative three. That's not, that's a really good attacking six. A,
0: you're welcome, Marcus. You're welcome. That's a great six. That's Lucas A relentless monster FC. Nothing but energy.
1: Yeah, I think the interesting of Mbappe is that the, the the alleged transfer fee is only going to be around hundred and fifty million. And I'm saying only mm. like that's small change. I mean, it is relative. It's not a lot of money. The issue is going to be his wages. So he's going to have to take a pay cut wherever he goes. Yeah. Um. Okay, so that's that's where you would like him to go. Where do you expect him to end up, though?
0: There's only one place possible in the future, and that's going to be Real Madrid. It's the only other place that's going to have him with that level of money. I know it's splashed out on um, Bellingham, but you know, losing someone like Benzema is a big, big, big off the bill. It won't happen this season. It probably won't happen the season after that, but it will happen sometime eventually if he is to stay at PSG for that little bit longer. It's the only other place he's really going to go. He's not going to go to Barcelona because they've got too much on them. He's not going to go to Man City. They've already got Haaland. They don't need him. If he's going to come to the Premier League, there's only two places that he's likely to go, which is Chelsea or Liverpool. Would you have him at Arsenal? I'd take him at Arsenal.
1: Would he work? Absolutely. Yeah. So Great great players, you make them work. I think if he came to Arsenal, the way how we play our system, you could play him through the middle and he would just rotate around positionally without Martinelli, how we do it right now. You could also play him from the left and Martinelli... Could either be a rotation option or master, and they could try through the middle. I think there's a lot of options. When a player like Mbappe or players of that caliber come on the market, you find a way to make them work. You do, yeah. You, you don't, if you, if you can make, if you can financially afford them. And I think for Arsenal, I think the transfer fee wouldn't necessarily be the biggest issue. I think it's the wages Ages. in conjunction with it. So I think we could probably pay the 150 million. With um, the way we've bid for players recently, I don't see that being a big stumbling block. I think it's just that wage package would be very tricky for them to do. And also, if you bring him in on massive money, you've just renegotiated Saka, you've renegotiated Martinelli the season earlier in the year, prior to that. Saliba as well. Saliba is yet to be signed, sealed, and delivered, but it's almost done you know, guard you want to renew, I think those players will sit back and say, hold on a minute, I I know Mbappe is Mbappe, but we want more parity here. And then that might create a bit of an issue down the line. But again, it's a market opportunity, you take it. Yeah, I think Madrid is a likely destination for him, to be honest, if if he does leave anywhere. I'd love to see him in the Premier League. And I think for football's sake, he should come to the Premier League. I'm not going to rule out Man United as an option. I know that they, because they're back in Champions League football, they have... they have serious need for a player of his caliber in their squad like their front attacking left quarter so if I take or left quadrants if you have the centre forward position and the left wing position or left striker position that's two areas that they could put him in and fit because Martial isn't it never been it never will be it
0: scored against us though
1: no, he's just, he's just flat as a deceive. Rashford is good, but you can't have a one-man carrying the whole team. No. Sancho, it hasn't worked out and they might have to figure out a solution there. But I think if you added Mbappe into that front three, that could be very, very interesting, providing that they get the supply to him. And with Eriksen, how he's performed, they might need to upgrade in central, central midfield anyway. But for Bruno, yeah. you look up and you've got that as a target to hit. You're thinking happy days. Casemiro, you're thinking, yeah, I remember playing Ronaldo. We could just ping long balls through. So there's big options there. But
0: um, Or... They could swallow their pride, by United. They could swallow their pride, and for it to really work, they bring back someone. Now one person's left a punditry team. He can come back and get a rest to make it work, like it did in the World Cup. You think of full Pogba. It works in the World Cup. It got. They, they bet. I I saw. I, it's because I saw a few clips of him earlier to realise, you no, know, that there was at one point he was the player that you just could not get away from. And he found Mbappe all the time in that World Cup. 2018, Pogba was one of the best players in the world. In the world. I know it's, I know it's been five years, but that class... Look, if Paul Scholes was still doing it in a, in a charity soccer raid match, he didn't lose it. And I saw Perez a few years ago in a friendly match against AC Milan. Pogba lost it.
1: The only thing for me with, um, with Pogba is the injury records. He's barely played this year. It's, it's such, such a, a shame. So even if he player. was to come back... It would still be a lot. It would be a lot. I I don't just... I think the players would be fine. I think the fans would take a lot to welcome him back. And I think for Pogba, it's also the the understanding that you're not going to come in as a first choice. You're coming in as a rotation. And then would you do Man United for a third time? Do you really want to go through that? yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. Fool me one time, shame on you. (laughs) Fool me twice, can't put the blame on you. As J. Cole famously said in that song. So, yeah, I think that'll be a tough one. Lastly to close out today we've got some the fixtures have come out for the Premier League so the first sort of five or six games we just want to cover the opening week's fixtures because it does start off very spicy this season unfortunately for the people out there who are predicting an Arsenal um, Luton start you don't get that it's a (laughs) good luck but we do get a very very nice game to open up the Premier League season so on Friday the 11th of August Burnley versus Man City Matthew what do you think about that fixture and who's going to get the three points
0: Man City are going to get the three points, but it will not be a walkover because I watch Burnley. I watch it's, Sha- it's at Burnley, it's at Turf and Moore. it's going to be at Turf Moor. He will have, best believe he will have them playing. I reckon it's going to go down a little bit like this. I'm going to go down a bit of history. When Chelsea played Wigan for the first time in the Premier League and we, we were expected to walk and Wigan took us to school. It wasn't for that lucky Crespo goal right at the end. I think it's going to go down something like that because I reckon... A, Vincent's going to know how they play, but also Pep's going to know how good they do. And I think they're just going to be up for it. Bernie ain't going to play... This, Burnley are not playing the football like they played under Daesh. They're playing their version of sexy football. So if they get a couple of good transfers in, maybe in defence, maybe, maybe someone leading the front, because, you know, Jay Rodriguez never really did it in the Premier League. He did it all right in the Championship, but not in the Premier League. If they can get someone, that gets someone up front with a bit of experience firing on cylinders, on there, maybe someone like a, a Danny Ings, he didn't really do much of West Ham. It could be a thing, but I'm expecting Man City to win. I'm expecting.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go for a shock draw. 2-2, shock draw. possible. I'm going to go for a shock draw. And on Saturday, Saturday kicks off with Arsenal against Nottingham Forest at the Emirates Stadium starting at 12.30pm. As I said in the back end of last season, you guys owe us. So three points to Arsenal. Revenge. What are you seeing in that game? Revenge. Yeah. Three points. Nice and simple.
0: Jesus trick.
1: Well, (laughs) I'm not that optimistic, but I'll take it. Um, And then we've got Bournemouth, West Ham, Brighton, Luton, Everton, Fulham, Sheffield, Crystal Palace, the three o'clock kickoffs. So we'll start off at Bournemouth, West Ham. Are you expecting, and it's at a Bournemouth at home, are you expecting there to be a Bournemouth win or West Ham to carry on that European victory flavour parade into this new season?
0: If Rice has gone, I think Bournemouth will take the win.
1: Well, West Ham I'm looking at a couple of players to replace Rice with, so mm. they might do some interesting things It won't we'll be window. a whitewash,
0: maybe a one-nil, two one. Yeah.
1: Okay. Uh Brighton, Luton, Brighton are at home. Brighton win. Okay. Everton, Fulham, Everton are at home.
0: Go for an Everton win.
1: I'm gonna say this in addition to that. Everton need to get off to a great start yeah, this they, season. Yeah. They really do, because they have really chance their luck the last few seasons in staying up i mean there's some teams that you know they they just find a way to survive and it's okay but it really felt like last year that that the 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 chances to do it i feel like that they they really just kind Boroughed of exhausted their, yeah. their goodwill and luck in this league and next up we have uh, sheffield united against crystal palace sheffield united are at home freshly promoted they had a good season as well Big finishing season. second
0: in the championship where do you see that one going Bramall Lane's tough place to go. I'm going to say, wait, Hodgson's staying on, isn't he? He's not, no. He's not staying on. No. It was just to keep them up and he's done his job. Who would they get? Interesting. There's
1: no new managers announced so far that, that I'm aware of.
0: No. For a Sheffield United win, they're they, they like a first day thing back, so...
1: I think Palace will carry on the good form and win it. But it all comes down to who they bring in as a manager. And then the last game on Saturday is Newcastle-Aston Villa at St. James's Park, 5.30 kickoff. How you see that one going? That's a massive one. Big one. I just want to add on to that note. Mark made a really good point about United Emery in terms of like who he put as his vote for manager of the season. So his call was United Emery over the likes of... Well, we, we put Pep in a separate category. We said Pep got it by default but he was saying if you look at everyone else you know Emery's had a really great season and the numbers True. don't lie and everyone forgets that Gerald was manager of Aston Villa last season I actually momentarily ignored and just disregarded Gerard's <laughs> atrocious start but when you look at it form-wise Aston Villa have had a better run of form than Newcastle those are the two teams I think in, in the comes of European places I think Aston Villa might rival and Mark made his point might rival Newcastle in that Top five, top, you know, top five, top four place. They might look to push them to get
0: them into that spot. How do you see that one going? Because that's going to be a really close game. They're linked with some players, aren't they? They're linked with with some serious players. Yeah. Really? This is going to be a tough one to call. Too tough. I'm going for a 2 2 draw on this one. I can't call it.
1: Yeah, I, f- I think it will either be a draw or a late winner, but I'll stick. I'll say what you'll say as well. I'll go for two two as well. And now on to Sunday, we have two games on Sunday. The early game, two o'clock kick off, Brentford versus Spurs. How do you see that one going? Brentford are at home against Spurs. You have the Celtic manager, former Celtic manager, as their current boss. Very highly rated, very highly regarded. They could be an interesting entity. I'm going to go for a Spurs victory. Never thought I'd say that on the podcast, but <laughs> actually gonna go for a Spurs win, and start the season off. I think Brentford without Ivan Tony are gonna to be gonna struggle a little bit. Unless if they can get goals like from Shadow or if they can bring in someone else in the interim, maybe a little loan. Maybe someone like Enketia could go there for half a season, or even Balogun for half a season to see what they how they survive in the Premier League. But yeah.
0: Narrow Spurs victory too, one Narrow okay. victory.
1: We're both going for Spurs. And then the last game on the weekend is Chelsea-Liverpool, 4.30pm kickoff on Sunday. Are you going to start the season with three points or are Liverpool going to teach you another lesson again? I'm
0: going to keep. Um, I'm going to give a bit of faith. We're going to beat Liverpool for once. Like I said, Tuna win maybe? A bit of, a bit of surprise?
1: Tuna like the bridge. I think Liverpool, this is going to be the comeback season. I'm expecting a very close game, but I think it will end up being a 3-1 humbling. Damn. <laughs> Yeah, it'll be a close game, but it'll be a 3-1 scoreline. So it won't, the scoreline won't reflect the action, but I think they've got three oh, goals in like them. Like
0: a cheeky own goal or a flip and or something. Nah,
1: you'll score a good goal, but they'll they'll hit you for three. And then the last game for start of the opening weekend is Manchester United on Monday night football against Wolves. Eight o'clock kickoff, Man United at Old Trafford. Are Man United going to start the season with a win or are Wolves going to spoil the party as they always like to do?
0: They're going to start well. If Neves is gone, they're going to start well. Because Neves is looking to get, he, he wants Champions League football and I think he will get it.
1: So. Where do you see him going to then? Not obviously not on the English team. Not Ruben Neves, no? Where?
0: He's not, he's not, he's, I'm not saying Bay he's United going to. Or? He's not going to Man United. I, he could probably go, if you are looking to improve their options up front, he could go to Villa. If you are looking to improve their options up going forward. Okay. To add it's a bit of bolstering. A bit like what Leicester did too with Ioz Perez when he left Newcastle, just bolstering with someone with a more established Premier League player. So even if they don't necessarily do massive numbers, it's an established player that can you rely on. Sort That's of thing. fair. So, but no, I do like Wolves. They're, but they 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 pinch too many of their good players. I think Man United, they go 3 1, Man United maybe. I'm gonna go for a
1: 2 0 Man United win to start the season off. So I'm going for an Arsenal win, Man United win, Liverpool win, Spurs win, and <laughs> uh, a Man City. I said draw, didn't I? Yeah. Man City's draw to start the season. Uh, we're going to do proper predictions in a few weeks' time and everyone's together. But like, yeah, it should be interesting. To see how things go. We're going to actually predict the first few games since we've got those fixtures of the first five or six, and then see how it goes. Then we're also going to give our prediction for the table to see how that stands up. But that will be it for us for today. Thanks everyone for listening. I hope you enjoy this amazing weather in the UK. And if you're listening around the world, I hope you're enjoying the heat as well. I hope it's not too hot. hope you're staying hydrated. I hope you're smelling fresh and looking nice. Have a good rest of the day and we'll be back again next week for another one. Peace out. Peace.